Oh, it's movie time, gang. But will this master thief steal our hearts at this cinema? It's a terrible Matt Berry impression, but this will be a great episode talking about Lupin Third, the castle of Cagliostro. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your new favorite show, The More You Nerd. My name is Drew, and I am here to help you talk about Lupin the Third, The Castle of Cagliostro, the second Lupin the Third film. Yes, we skipped the first one because this one is the one that has the biggest impact. And of course, I cannot do it by myself. I need my partner in crime, the Jigen to my Lupin, the... Goemon sword to my Goemon. Miles, how are you, friend? <laughs> I'm doing great. Um, I'm I'm excited to talk about this movie because I I think I mentioned this last week. I probably have not watched this before doing our episode since high school. This is one I have not revisited in a while. And one that I probably didn't remember a ton of. Like I I, re- I remember that I watched the subtitled version. And that it was very funny, but I, I didn't have any takeaways. I just remember like, oh yeah, I remember liking it being what, 16, 17. And that was probably the last time I had watched anything Lupin until we started this, uh, this Lupin deep dive. And I gotta say, I mean, this is, this has been really fun. It's also, I feel like it ignited a, a love for the character for me that I didn't have before. Mm. And it's really fun kind of going back and, and getting some of these, uh, not just references, but like, I mean, it, that this was a big hole in my anime viewing. And, and I know I tend to kind of veer more towards the slice of life or some of the more niche stuff, um, like gotcha man or something. But I, I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of the big ones and this one was a massive hole in my history and I've really enjoyed going on this journey, figuring out who this character is. Yeah, because this character and this movie in particular is. I mean, this was really the start of. Miyazaki as yes, that name again. And honestly, the last time we will speak of Miyazaki in these episodes ever again, <laughs> uh, just because this, this would have marked the end of his time with Lupin the third, except for the fact that this movie didn't do very well in theaters, which is uh, of course interesting. Uh, but you know that because this came out once 79. Yes. Um, that seems to be the case with a lot of clear, Last, stuff that we consider classics now from the late 70s and early 80s. I mean, you have blockbusters, you have your Jaws, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, but you also have The Thing and Blade Runner and these massively impactful films that, you know, as a kid, I assumed, that, oh, these are, these are stone cold classics. They, these must have been like massive hits and they weren't. I mean, another 1979 anime that got 
canceled midway through was Mobile Suit Gundam, which then got turned into a movie and caught fire uh, and and yeah. really took off. It, it, it's it's one of those things where it's something that may not that obviously was not uh, appreciated in its exact moment but became one of the most impactful things in the history. Right. Of I mean, heck we, we are, we're buckling up for a season, quote unquote, season two of like the newest Gundam show 40 years later. Yeah. I mean, uh, and Lupin the third still has new content coming out, although they did mm-hmm. take a little bit of a gap that we'll get to uh, in, in a couple of weeks. I also want to apologize that we missed last week. I got jury duty and had to sit in a courtroom all week um that sounds terrible uh it was not fun uh (laughs) and i did not get to talk about lupin the third um nor was the case that i was in any kind of heist situation there was no interpol detective throwing handcuffs at people no Um, green jacket no green jacket called up to the stand there was not uh there was not a samurai master uh, that that was in the the audience. Um, yeah, it was not fun, but we're back now to finally talk about this movie. So before we get into the impact of this film, I feel like we need to talk about the story of this movie. Uh, and we'll talk. I'm sure we'll we'll kind of talk here and there about different moments in the film. But the idea behind this film, the 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 log line is that Lupin and Jigen are fleeing a Monte Carlo casino that they have just stolen a bunch of money from uh, in what is one of the most iconic Lupin the third car chases ever. Um, Mm -hmm. I was I was watching this and I have not seen this movie in I don't know how many years, but watching that opening car chase, it was like, oh, man, I have. I, I remember this vividly, uh, but but of course they uh, Lupin realizes as they are fleeing the casino that all of the the millions and millions and millions of dollars that they have stolen are all counterfeit, and they don't know what to do from there. But Lupin sort of guides them to the the kingdom of Cagliostro, uh, which is one of the the smallest but one of the richest kingdoms in in Europe. And that is where the story uh, takes off from there. Um, Miles, did you know about the the history of Cagliostro when it comes to the character of Lupin? I did not. So I'm not talking about Arsene Lupin the third. I'm talking about the original Arsene Lupin. The castle of Cagliostro references Arsene Lupin versus uh, Madame Cagliostro who is, uh, or Countess Cagliostro, excuse me, which is one of the best known stories in the original uh, Maurice LeBlanc Lupin stories. Uh, uh, Countess Cagliostro, also known as Josephine Balsamo, is kind of his nemesis that appears across history of that character. I can't find out too much more than that because most of the Wikipedia pages about the stories are in French that I do not speak, but <laughs> that is, yeah, uh, I was actually thinking, I was like, man, I need to read some Lupin stories if they're translated, because I, I mean, I understand that it's not going to be, you know, the Lupin that we know, but like, it would still like be cool to read some gentleman thief stories. I would imagine it's not too diff- different from like the Phantomus stuff, but I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I only know the character by reputation and not from actual content. 
I mean, th- this I, this story I, I in per- the 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 uh, the Countess of Cagliostro, the Maurice LeBlanc story, was published in English in 1923. So you can f- probably find a copy somewhere, I presume. But I did like that there was a, a and especially when when you consider that this, a lot of this story for for Lupin involves one of his first cases from way from his early days before he had met Jigen or Fujiko or, or a lot of these characters uh, and in a kind of fun flashback that we see at a, a certain point in the in the movie. But yeah, there's a lot of Lupin collections on uh, Amazon here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of reviews or uh, or synopses or or anything like that. Uh, so uh, as of course, as it turns out, uh, the Cagliostros, uh, we are also introduced to two characters as part of this. We are introduced to. Uh, sorry, I need to pull my notes up. Uh, the Lady Clarice de Cagliostro uh, and the Count Cagliostro, who are distant cousins of some description but both part of the same family uh but uh the the count is very rich but is not in power and the lady clarice is in power but because of some stuff that happened years ago she does not wield uh, much authority in the country as a result uh but the count has arranged a marriage between the two of them to reunite both sides of their family for some reason yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, one thing they kind of gloss over at first is that Clarice is um, very young. And in fact, I, the one thing I remember of watching the original language track when I was in high school is uh, Lupin making several pedophile jokes about the Count, um, which are not in the English dub that I watched with uh, Solid Snake. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I did not see those either. But again, and we um, and we and we will say we did choose to watch the dub, which was interesting. It was a dub done pretty in, good. It was a dub done in the early two thousands. Uh, we mentioned Solid Snake. David Hayter, uh, mo- mainly known for Solid Snake, plays the titular Lupin, uh, although he doesn't play him like this. He plays him with kind of his regular voice. <laughs> He, I mean, he, yeah, he, he's got kind of a loosey goosey voice. I, I actually was pretty fine with his voice. Wasn't as keen on, um, not that he delivers a bad performance. I just don't like um, John Snyder's voice for Jigen. See, I like, I, I was okay with that. It wasn't as gruff as I expected Jigen to be. I think Richard. F. Yeah, that, I think that's my thing. Is I, I, I felt like he would be a little more like Jet from Bebop. Like I wanted something kind of a little bit more like that. Um, Fujiko is great. I uh, I thought she she was great. Um, I, she's got a much more of a minor role uh, for the most part in this story, but well, all, all still, of the, all of the Lupin side characters have a minor role in this. Yeah, I mean, I think Jigen kind of is a little bit more prominent. Uh, Goemon, which you know, sticking with our theme for this thing, I mean, he's in it a little bit, but I mean it. It, it, he's there um <laughs> but i i know that this this movie also while it is beloved and is considered often the best lupin movie uh, there are a, a subsection of uh lupin fanatics who are a little more critical of this depiction of him as a quote-unquote kind of a bumbling hero as opposed to being a little bit more um 
cynical, and which I think is not entirely fair given what we've seen of part one and part two. I think there's a fair balance of those things. In fact, this movie does what I like most about the franchise that I've seen so far is like there is a lot of comedy, but the story itself kind of maintains a severity. And I think that Miyazaki did a great job kind of capturing what I think makes Lupin a great franchise and a great character. Um, because yes, he is, you know, a thief that wants to hit the score, but from what we, from what you and I have watched, which I understand has only been 10 episodes of like 200 episodes of Lupin stories. (laughs) He does seem to have a moral compass outside of just the feeding part. And I think I, I, I personally think they did a really good job balancing who Lupin is with yes, Miyazaki's more fairy tale wanting to have a an actual hero and um i know that monkey punch said that while miyazaki's version of the character certainly differs from his own he also considers this movie a great movie and a great lupin movie and and that is another thing that when we look at this movie this is often what people consider at least people in the west consider as their depiction of lupin the third and it's what they know because I mean, they knew this is what we knew. Saw show. We got this a lot earlier than we got anything else. But the other side of that is that when we look back at part two of Lupin the Third versus part one of the series, and this this movie was produced in the middle of part two, um, though notably it's Lupin wearing the green jacket and not Lupin wearing the red jacket, which supposedly ties into some time frame of when this movie takes place. Anyway. Uh, that you see part two and this and this movie being the sort of softening of the character, the more I don't want to say family friendly izing of the character, but making him more of a true gentleman thief and not just a really yeah, smart and, thief. And honestly, the depiction doesn't bother me at all. I I mean, it still feels like Lupin. I really loved the fact that like he seemed to be hiding something, and Jigen knows. The entire time, Jigen's like, "You're not telling me something, but we're we're gonna we're gonna come to an impasse where you're gonna have to tell me." Yeah, you're hiding and something, boss. I know it. It is weird in the dub that he continues to call Lupin boss. Well, again, I think that that is that is part of like this dub, and this dub had to be made at a specific time. So something we mentioned Correct. briefly is that Lupin the Third had difficulties with the 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 rights for the character of Arsene Lupin from France specifically. And so though I think they do name check him initially every time he is almost every time he is referred to after that people are calling him Wolf. Yes, the count sees his calling card and says Lupin, huh? And that's the only time that that name is mentioned because they they were going to change the actual like background of that card and it says lupin on it so he has to say the word but he, he immediately says so the wolf is here Some, something something that, that something that like degree. that yeah exactly which you know i i get but i also yeah i mean the thing is once you understand oh lupin's the wolf like i don't care i was like okay he's called the wolf here no big deal yeah like, I, I prefer I, he was called lupin but like i'm 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 in for the ride I would kind of like to see this movie redubbed with the 
dub cast that we have seen that has been sort of the dub cast for Lupin moving forward. I, I, we'll, I would also like that. I don't think we will ever see that. No, but I'd like, um, to. and I mean, this one also, I mean, is co-written and directed by, uh, Hayao Miyazaki and who I would say, <laughs> yeah, I, I would say more, even more so than his Lupin episodes. You really do see a lot of his personal flourishes in this film. Yes. And particularly with the pastoral, the pastoral setting, like there are a lot of things that like are like, I don't want to say director trademarks, but there are certain shots. I'm like, oh, that's that's a Miyazaki shot. A hundred percent. I mean, this feels like a Miyazaki movie. And I know we've said that about some of the episodes, but when you have it as one of the episodes, when we have it as a feature length thing, speaking of early on in the movie. Lupin and Jigen are doing like this sort of side by side hurdle thing. Do you do you remember this at all? Mm-hmm. And I I remember that being in one of the episodes in part two, but I couldn't remember which one it was. When they, it was when Lupin and Jigen were uh, handcuffed together, and it's just it was funny to me that we saw something. You mean Zenigata? Oh, was that Zenigata? Oh, Zinigata. It was. In the super problematic Middle East episode. Yeah, which was not a was that was not a uh, maybe it was a different Jigen Lupin thing then. I don't remember, but it was it was something that was so similar that I just it it it, it clocked me. Uh, also, there's definitely stuff in Zenigata that feels very much like some stuff in part two, for sure. Uh, also, I love that uh, Zenigata is always eating noodles whenever you see him eating. He's never mm-hmm. having the nice fancy meal. He is always eating the the cup noodles, which which is highlighted in that 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 first episode of part two. And yeah, I agree. It's it's a fun gag that I I like seeing uh, represented. I also love seeing the um the kind of loving competition between Zanagata and Lupin. It it kind of goes back to that episode from uh, part one where. He catches Lupin and and, he, and Lupin's in jail for a year. <laughs> yeah, and is not doing anything, and it's driving Zenigata nuts, and because his whole reason for being is just the chase, and that it, that that concept is touched upon here because he uses that as an excuse to oh well I still have to investigate the count because oh I'm charged with catching Lupin and that's where Lupin is, and even after the whole story is over. You know, you have this almost pantomime. Like, well, we gotta start chasing Lupin. <laughs> like, it's it is delightful, and so is this story in general. This is a really, really fun movie, and for most of us, for me specifically, it was my first experience with the character. And I think this movie being someone's first experience with the character is a great first impression. Definitely, because it has all of the hallmarks. It's got zany chase scenes it's got funny back and forths it's got you know master you know heists and hijinks <laughs> i wonder where they got that name uh, all all through all through the it but it's also got a, all of the miyazaki trappings like the auto gyro which is a very miyazaki looking aircraft i mean miyazaki loves his aircraft the dog look is that i i wrote in my notes that's a Miyazaki dog. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh gosh, what was his name? Uh, oh, was it Gary? Was that the name of the dog? 
it's something like that. And and because because <laughs> the dog is like super like wanting to protect uh, Lupin and uh, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> um, yeah, there, there, there are certainly. I mean, again, a lot of the landscapes and stuff are very, very Miyazaki. Um, I mean, even the. Uh, I I would say that. I mean, you've got you've got the sweeping shots of, of the landscapes, but like some of the water scenes feel very Miyazaki. Um, the like, like you said, the gyro, that whole scene on the, with the tower. Uh, had a very fairy tale oh, feel, the which su- the is... super huge tower that had like the mechanical bridge that would extend, bridge, yeah. but a mechanical bridge that still was covered in stone. <laughs> yeah, there was there was a moment in this movie where Lupin is is sneaking up to that and he is sort of climbing up the outside of this like huge. Uh, like Western European italian inspired castle that it just reminded me of an assassin's creed game and it made me think an assess a lupin the third game in an assassin's creed engine would be so good like can you imagine what that game would be like (laughs) yeah yeah i can't can't. (laughs) I think it'd be so fun. It would be great. Um, and, and, and it could be multiplayer where each person takes on a thing. So you've got a, you've got a Jigen, you've got a, a Fujiko, you've got a Goemon, you've got Lupin. I, I know there is a Lupin PS2 game that I've been meaning to get to. So going to have to. Did that get released over here? I don't know. We'll figure it that did. out. <clears throat> it did. Um, uh, but I also I really appreciated like, I mean, because Miyazaki is known for a lot of his camera work and there are some great shots here. I mean, there's a lot of like first person shots of like, Lupin's going up one of those uh, quarters and going past the guards. And there, there's a lot of really interesting shots that are not in the series. There's a lot of artistic takes, a lot of different kind of camera angles. It really does feel like a film and not just, oh, this is a long episode of a show. Like this, this does feel like its own thing to a degree. And that budget, which I mean, at the time, this had one of the most this was the most expensive anime film at the time, um, which was later matched by Castle of the Sky, which is a Miyazaki film, and then surpassed by a film that we have covered, Royal Space Voice Force, The Wings of Honimize. Honiamis. Honiamis. I can never pronounce that freaking name. <laughs> um, but. I mean, this clearly had some money behind it and it looks like it. And I I mean, even even today, like watching a good copy of this film, like it looks so clean. It's it looks I mean, way better than the show does. And I really appreciate that they went all out for this film. And I mean, I mean, time has told on on it because like this is considered an absolute classic of the genre. It's it's considered a classic of the medium in terms of its effect on the West, because we, we talked about it last, last week, you know, this, this is what had an effect on a lot of the people who would go on to be major parts of Pixar, um, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. Uh, I, I did read that like a large sequence. And I mean, I did, as a kid, I didn't know this, but when I thought about it, I, it made perfect sense. There is a huge homage in the great mouse detective. 
of this big, big Ben sequence that used uh, CGI, which was the first time Disney extensively used computer animation mm. for a an animated film. And it's, I mean, basically, Lupin is indirectly credited for paving the way of the Disney Renaissance, which is massive. I mean, like, I can't imagine pop culture without the Disney Renaissance, because you have to think of the films that that encompasses and what it means for not just American cinema, but pop culture in general. Like, what that did for one of the most powerful companies in the world is insane. I mean, Metro Goldwyn Mayer actually released a version of this movie at some point, which is yeah. extremely telling. That's the that's the Disney that's the Disney's non Disney release mm-hmm. arm, by the way. But uh, but yeah, and, couldn't and say it, MGM, could you? I guess it is MGM, isn't it? <laughs> I guess it's not Disney anymore, but. <laughs> But so, yeah, I mean, it, it, this this movie is incredibly important. I know we haven't talked about a lot of the story points, story portions, because, I mean, it's not that it's not important. It. It is, but. I think for me, when talking about this movie, especially if we're talking about, you know, maybe you haven't watched Lupin before, maybe you're watching a couple episodes on on Crunchyroll or Amazon I I really want people for whatever reason, I just don't feel the urge to spoiler this movie because I think that if you're wanting to really kind of get a good first experience with Lupin, this this is where to start. To be perfectly honest, I I think this is a great this was my first impression. I didn't follow up because when I was in high school, uh, it was much more difficult to. And. And and nowadays, I mean, I can few keystrokes, and I'm I'm watching Lupin. Yeah, it's so it's I, really I, <laughs> yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, to be an anime fan now is a a dream. Um, We've talked about how our lives would be different if we had access to the stuff we have access to now. Oh God, Crunchyroll would have blown my younger self's mind. Um, but I do think that a lot of things about castle of cagliostro and we haven't even talked about the villain who i think is a great villain because it is not only a villain who has um great means and has this really cool international conspiracy of uh wealth and power and control but he's also fairly intelligent and is not a he's not a parody like, well, and, and and him being fairly intelligent, that's true of a lot of Lupin villains. It It is, but a lot of them tend to feel like cartoon villains, like Mr. X. Fair, fair. And there is a real coldness to the count here. That is, is surely probably in several Lupin villains and in villains that we've fought. But. um. I do think that, especially for a, a, as major a platform this is, having a a villain who is not cartoonish until the very end, he gets a, he gets a little a little cartoonish in, in that clock tower scene. But I I really enjoy the the severity of the case here, and 
I, I know that like this, the, the other, the other weird thing this movie gets criticized for is the desexualization of Fujiko, who yeah, is which, which speaking of Rambo in this movie. <laughs> speaking of Fujiko, when did you clock that that Fujiko was in this movie? Immediately. See, I didn't pick it up until the second scene she was in when it's like, oh, we're focusing on this lady again. Oh, because that's Fujiko. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> as soon as she appeared, I'm like, yeah, that's Fujiko. <laughs> it is going to change because, again, part of the reason that that, you know, Fujiko blends in is because she changes her appearance all the time. Unlike every other character in Lupin. Right. Uh, she she is constantly shifting. She is blonde in this as opposed to a redhead or a brunette. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in previous iterations but she 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 i i know i know what miyazaki was trying to do with this character is it was trying to kind of reclaim the character's badassness even though it's always been present in fujiko uh dexter out in camo she's chucking grenades she's shooting machine guns like fujiko is like just she's a she's in a different movie <laughs> so i i i i can't find the claim of this but i'm gonna claim it um, and let me just say, because I can't find the actual source that I was looking for here, I would not be surprised if Fujiko's appearance in this movie was not the inspiration for the character of Ava in Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. You don't, hmm. remember, which, you don't remember which character that is. Do you? Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm trying to take in the. I mean, knowing. Knowing Ko- uh, Kojima, that's that's probably accurate. He, he his 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 like references are well displayed on his sleeve. He 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 is not subtle about what he enjoys. True, very true. <laughs> I mean, he loves Escape from New York and has a character named Solid Snake who has an eye patch. That's Iroquois Pliskin. Like it, it's just, it, <laughs> I, 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 I know that that Kojima. And, and <sighs> one day we'll cover all the Metal Gear games on this show, but that's that day is not today. <laughs> oh God, um, I know I, I would not be surprised at all if if this movie served as an inspiration. It's it's certainly been a massive part of so many things, and including the most recent Lupin uh, CGI film, uh. The, the the tone and even the kind of basic story is very much similar to Castle of Cagliostro. Supposedly, though, we may see for ourselves in a few weeks. That's true. I, I'm just I just know that the uh, one of the things in the legacy is that the director of that film said that he had been profoundly moved by that film ever since he saw it on TV in the 80s. And um, the experience entrenched himself in the idea that Japan can also make high quality films. So, yeah, <laughs> it, there's definitely some Cagliostro in there. Um, I'm excited to check it out. But I think for for anyone who has been maybe just listening to us and not following along, this is this is certainly something to seek out. It's a really good film separate from the series that ins- inspired it. Um, I think that it is. I mean, it's also. It's not considered a Studio Ghibli film. It's it's often kind of left off Miyazaki's list of films when you're not talking about him as a filmmaker. When you're just talking about Ghibli, people tend to not talk about Castle Calgoster because it's not a stupid Ghibli film. But this 
is a great film to see someone who is honing their craft, who is taking something else and doing something really interesting with it. And I feel like if if you like them, if you like Japanese animation, if you like the animated medium, because this is really fascinating as a film for like Lupin itself for a more mature audience that is not anthropomorphic animals and is animated at this time. That's a rarity. And it's really cool to see a film like this continue to get the the attention that it deserves but it's still like i feel like it's it's given that attention on its own but i think it also deserves to be it deserves to be part of hayao miyazaki's uh like accepted filmography because this is a great film but it's also a great film because of a lot of the directorial flourishes that he instills in it yeah and not to mention that i mean Again, we're we're choosing not to talk a lot about the story because we are trying to encourage you to go and see it. Um, and at the time that we are talking right now in April of 2023, for some reason, it's harder to do right now because it was streaming everywhere two months ago. Well, it's, it's harder to do for quote unquote free. You can rent this for three dollars pretty much everywhere. Yeah, that's true. But I just want to point out just some of the like when you're talking not not about the story, but just about some of the incredible animation that's in this movie. Uh, obviously, the the opening car chase with all of the money and then into the car chase to to rescue rescue who we learn is Clarice in the the second, you know, the the sort of. Which it feels like such a James Bond type of car chase scene. But it's also just goofy because there's it's, it's, it's also goofy for sure. I mean, it's got that. That's the thing about Lupin. It's got that bond aspect, but there's this extra slapstick element that is just not present in bond. Uh, well, to this degree. Yeah, but, but that just works so well for this character. But the next thing, and of course, this is an audio podcast, so only Miles is going to see this. But one of my favorite sort of animation choices in this film is the account Cagliostro has this sort of team of, I don't really know what to call them. Like they're kind of ninjas, but they're not ninjas because they're European. Right. But they are all like these, these hooded bad guys and they're all kind of super hunched over in a really weird yeah. way as they move around, uh, which they never explain if that's just a choice of how these guys are supposed to look, but they've got these metal, you know claws yeah metal gloves on that have these claws that kind of stick out and it's very you know it's very interesting to see it's a it's fun to watch and it's fun to watch lupin and jigen fight these guys and it's and and to see later goemon fight these guys because it's these guys don't yeah, move like, fight sounds like, oh wow why, why weren't you here from the beginning this yeah, is a much better yeah. movie <laughs> but it's it's one of those things where where it's not a normal fight because these guys are animated so alternatively human, if that's a phrase that I can say. They, they certainly have kind of a like an impish quality to them. They have this kind of weird demonic visage and and, and to, until they get undressed by Lupin at one point, a very funny moment because we haven't talked a ton about Zenigata, but like. 
it's it's one of those other moments where like Zenigata and Lupin are reluctantly teaming up and like but it's one of those things where like it reminds me of like the early seasons of Brooklyn Nine-Nine with Jake Peralta and the Pontiac Bandit because like Lupin is loving it and Zenigata is so reluctant about it and it's 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 comedy gold it's wonderful <laughs> this this is such a fun movie and and I have to I have to give credit like even though I I have criticisms this dub is really really good. Yeah, I mean, the, the, it is in 2000, it is probably as close as we were going to get to the original script. And I say that 100%. I say that not having watched the movie in, in, in Japanese. And I almost wish that I had just because we have spent the last couple I, of I weeks. I definitely know that there are differences, I, but I haven't watched. Uh, I was just reminded that it's like my 20th high school reunion or whatever this year. So it's like I haven't watched this movie in probably about 22 years um it's my 21st this year but we didn't have yeah. a 20th or a 10th so i mean i haven't gone to any but like um no, well, my my school just hasn't had them uh but uh or if they have they haven't invited me i just they, they uh, but that's a conversation for another day but my school somehow finds me no matter where i am and i'm not <laughs> listed anywhere so i just don't know <laughs> how they do it um anyway <laughs> anyway um i I do remember the dub, uh, sorry, the subtitle uh, track being very, very funny when I saw it uh, in high school. I have not watched it since, but um, I also remember the story being very, very similar. So there might be some revelations because there are some moments where I feel like I think this was dubbed and this part wasn't explained because that certainly happened in Lupin before. Um, There there are some moments where I feel like, oh, I feel like something was just... something happened a little bit different and it, it's, but it's, it's done to the degree that like it, it's not super noticeable. It's not Ninja scroll where like almost entire different conversations are happening. Yeah. But I, I, I did like this dub. I thought, uh, gosh, this David hater kid's pretty good. I hope he does something with his career. Yeah. He would go on to do, uh, 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 he'd already, he'd already done a solid. So I guess that's, that's, I guess he had, hadn't he? I was gonna make yeah. a, I was gonna make a Guyver two dark territory. Uh, well, joke, and he'd already done that too because I was also the night, I heard this in the two thousand dub. See, <laughs> darn it. So one last thing that I want to talk about, and I'm not going to talk about story elements to it, but I just want to talk about the ending of this film as just another super fun way to end the movie. Because I mean, spoiler warning: uh, Lupin and the gang win. Uh, and you have, but, and, and of course that just means that Zenigata has to switch sides again to chase mm-hmm. them off it's, into the sunset. It's, it's and, great. And the way that plays out is, and, and the crime specifically that Zenigata accuses Lupin of in order to chase him off into the sunset is just so much fun. And Fujiko's moment in that is also very fun with, her getting what she wants uh the entire out of the entire time it's just this movie's great i I like yeah. this movie a lot <laughs> it's it's really good i'm glad we decided to watch it because i i had a wonderful time um put that put that new 4k on my amazon wish list because it is it is great and i would i'd love to i need to own this one like it's 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 a blast uh, so with that said, let's close the, the, the cover to the castle of Cagliostro and let's talk about what we are doing next week. So, so 
Jinx. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so next week we are continuing our journey into the Lupin legacy with the one that I I feel like it's uh, overlooked or is a little bit more maligned, and that's Lupin the Third Part Three. Um, I think this is in the middle of kind of being reappraised. I I, I was I've been looking, and a lot of people are like, no, no, this is actually really a really really fun series, and it gets really really weird, um, especially in the latter half. Um, this is one that I think only lasted about fifty episodes. Exactly fifty. And to be exact. Do what? Exactly fifty to be exact. Oh, exactly fifty. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we are going to watch uh, episodes one, seven, eighteen, twenty-seven, and thirty. Um, I kind of looked at a couple different lists and uh, posts about this season. I know a lot of people have said, "Oh, just just watch the latter half of it," and we're we're not here to do half a job. No, so we gotta we gotta, we're, we're, we gotta see it from from all angles. Yeah, so we're we're gonna do some a couple episodes in the in the first half and a couple episodes in the lat, latter half, and um, just to give ourselves a full breath. But I do hear that the the series really takes off in like the last like eighteen episodes. Um, but and, I'm and, I'm excited to watch the what what's called the Pink Jacket series. Yeah, so and, and I will also say this is jumping forward a few years. This show ran this season only ran from March of 1984 to December of 1985. Uh, so it ran for right under two years. Um, and uh, this will be the first loop in the third content produced while I was alive. So <laughs> that'll be interesting to see i mean uh, technically i i think the the actual production happened before either of us were born well i mean japan japan cranks out some some animation in order to meet deadlines pretty quickly so how about how about released after yes released released after the the year of our birth um (laughs) and this will be the first i mean this will be the last tv series for the character for a very long time long time which is which is also you know the lupanaissance happened in the decades that passed between next week and what we're covering the week after so that's it gang next week lupin the third part three episodes one seven eighteen twenty seven and thirty uh so with that said that's going to be the end of our show today if you would like to reach out to us you can email us the more you nerd at gmail.com that's the more you nerd at gmail.com we are active on some social medias like twitter at the more you nerd of course another show we do cosmic crit which is about to kick off a whole new deal uh yesterday basically go to cosmiccrit.com to listen to me and miles and all of our friends play a science fiction based (laughs) tabletop rpg game uh called starfinder which is really cool uh but you can join our discord we have a discord that's associated with cosmic crit that we've carved out a little more nerd space in there so if you would like to talk to me and miles and all of our friends about just all the nerdy stuff that we talk about on this show come and join us because i get bored at work uh so with that said we will now end the show as we always do with a rousing nerd, nerd. Ouch. Ouch.